0: To another episode
1: of Welcome to the Leads to Deal podcast. I am super excited today to have two awesome guests here in our podcast studio. We got Carlos Balzen and then his son, Daniel Balzen, 14 years old. Let me tell you something very quick about these guys. First off, he's the youngest sales professional that I've ever met. They are virtual wholesaling from another continent into the United States, from here in Colombia into the United States. And he's got a great story where they recently closed, this 14 year old kid recently closed a 50 some thousand dollar
2: deal with the help of his father from SMS. Carlos, Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Cool. Thank you, thank you, Scott. Thank you for having us. It's a pleasure uh, to be here. Awesome, I really appreciate
1: man. It. It's super glad to have you guys here. Uh, again we're recording this right now in colombia south america and you guys live in medellin correct that is correct okay cool how many years have you been in medellin uh six months oh, four wow. in colombia but in colombia itself then. Four, years. four years four years four years okay cool so let's address how we met so i know your father because of a mutual friend of ours ricardo rosales that is correct so ricardo rosales is another influencer in this space in the real estate virtual wholesaling kind of coaching mentorship space awesome guy. I actually met him on like a clubhouse app just randomly on social, but you know how things go. Um, and then he put you in contact with me. So if you would kind of share, what's your history with Ricardo? I know that he's in the real, space,
2: real estate space heavy and yourself. What's your guy's relationship? Yeah, I love him. Shout out to to Ricky. Um, actually, we've known to, uh, each other since uh, we were like 12 years old. Oh, wow. Back from Venezuela, even though he, he was born in the States. Um, yeah playing basketball families you know getting together you know since yeah 12 years old so um you know he got into real estate many many years ago and then he told me hey why don't you do this this and that i was you know trying out Primerica, you know because i love finances and stuff like that so um you know i started actually doing real estate inspired by him and uh yeah that's so for him but you guys started at 12 there's a long gap between 12 and I
1: assume real estate for you did you guys keep in contact throughout all the years yeah
2: yeah actually definitely Yeah. sometimes you know we met each other you know because I was living in Miami he, you know he was also living in Miami Great. He, he, he actually his dad lived in Miami so his family so you know we kept in contact you know on and off on and off he was doing his thing I was doing my thing Um, And, uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly when we got back together or, or, you know, into the real estate and stuff like that, but he was always posting stuff, and I'm like, hey, you know, what is it that you're doing? You know, know, what's going on? And he's like, well, I'm doing this, I'm closing deals, I'm, you know, finding properties, doing a lot of flips and stuff like that. i I love it, you know, because actually my dad, uh, was also uh, building properties in, uh, in, Venezuela. V- in Venezuela. Actually, my grandfather hmm. uh, oh, no. was in the business. He was building uh, uh, what we call quinta, you know, like being you know, a big two story houses. He was building the first actually two story houses in Maracaibo, Venezuela. So your family comes from a construction background?
1: Right. How did you start pivoting into sales? Because it seems like the natural fit would maybe even been using your hands for labor or going down that path. So how did you, because this is the Leads to Deals podcast, tell us about kind of your sales. Did you get started as young as 14? No way,
2: right? No way. Well, even though even though that I always like, you know, making money and hustling when I was a kid and stuff like that, it was always, you know, like... Uh, Buying stuff from my mom. My mom used to uh, travel from Venezuela to the United States and bringing goods and stuff like that. So I was, you know, like buying, you know, baseball hats and stuff like that and selling them uh, to my friends at school or building, you know, like uh, bracelets and stuff like that and then sell them, you know, to my friends. But nothing. Like, Nothing like, like what like, like yeah. Yeah, like what and, Daniel's up to. Yeah. yeah, and getting into, you know, self-development and listening to all these people, Tony Robbins and the Tom Hopkins and all and also. So for everybody out there who maybe doesn't know those names, it was so
1: impressive last night. We're having dinner and we're having conversations about how some of these older generation influences have really changed our lives, whether it was Tony Rob- Tony Robbins or Tom Hopkins or Zig Ziglar. We discussed Zig Ziglar last night and I just couldn't believe that I was having a conversation, a high-level conversation with a 14-year-old last night who was like, no, yes, listen, when my dad used to take me to school, he always had this Tony Robbins this CD in, and like, even though it was a short drive, I could only hear 10 minutes or so, a snippet at a time. And then, but it was every day, either to and from work. So your dad was in automobile university, but you were as well too. So exactly, like, exactly, yeah. What does, that, what does that do to a 14-year-old having that constant mental programming from a dad who cared like that?
0: Um, it, it was never something that was, like, out of the ordinary for me or weird. Like, it was just, it was that natural state that I was always in because I've been doing it since from, I mean, since grade school, I've been doing it. So it was never like, oh, I'm, I'm out here listening to podcasts and Tony Robbins and all these guys. It was never like, I'm out here doing something special in my head. It was just, yeah, this is, that's what the, people do. It, yeah, that this is what people do. This is this is the norm, I guess.
1: And how do you think your friends? Have you ever had your friends get in the car? Like that ever situation, or was Dad like, okay, these might think this is weird for my son, so he changed it, or? Did your friends kind of know what you were doing Um I, I
0: never mentioned anything, and I didn't have many friends over at the time. It was mainly me going to other friends' houses. Gotcha. So it was never like, oh, a friend got in the car and he was listening to Tony Robbins. He was like, what the hell is this?
1: <laughs> Cut that Tony up, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. No, but um, no, not, not that I remember. I never mentioned anything. And yeah. in my head, it was just, yeah, this is what people do. This is what you listen to on the way to school.
1: So we had this conversation this morning about your dad when you guys were on our sales floor. So we have a really big sales floor, a couple of doors down. It's like over a hundred and some people there. And in the mornings, we always have some type of motivational video playing in the background. For the same reasons why your dad was doing it you know when you're driving you're focusing on the road you're paying attention you're still carrying a conversation on with your son the people that you care about same thing with my agents they're coming in they're fixing their coffee they're kind of getting settled in but in the background those motivational words are playing and it's subliminally it's programming them because i know that these kids haven't yet built the habits haven't had a, that years and years and years worth of experience of hearing that and so just to be able to sneak that in as crazy as it sounds I wanna sneak that into them because before they go hit the phones, hitting the phones is not an easy job. 14-year-old, you were just banging on the phones a few minutes ago. In general, it's not an easy job, but just to be able to program people, just to be able to give them that extra something, uh, I have a a kind of a philosophy that I share with a lot of my sales agents. It's like you can take a a vase, like a flower vase, Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'll do it visually at the beginning of the year. I'll fill it up with green balls, almost all the way to the top and then I'll throw a couple of red ones in. And obviously very few, if any, can actually go into the boss. And that's why I try to tell him the same thing your dad was doing, I wanna have my agents, you wanna be, he wants to have his son so programmed with the green, the positive. You hear so much good stuff, you're programmed with so much good stuff. When something bad hits, more or less there's no room for it to be able to grab any type of space in your mind and in your heart, et cetera, et cetera. So like, I'm impressed, 14 years old, in the real estate game. I wanna talk though real quick about dad and how you kind of made the pivot. You talked about Primerica for a little bit. For everybody out there, was Primerica your first like commission-based sales job? That is right, Okay, that was my first one. What did Primerica do? What did you do for Primerica
2: and how long? Um, I did it for about a year and a half. Um, actually, the first year I was uh, rookie of the year of the uh, Naranjo hierarchy. I think it's one of the biggest hierarchy right now. Uh, Primera is amazing to me, you know, it was a very, very good experience to me, to my family, to uh, my wives. you know, Carolina and I, we grew so much through it. Uh, it was amazing. It, it was, it was a... How'd you find it? How'd
1: they find you? How did you go from no sales to intense sales? Because Prime America has been given a lot of uh, news about what they did during the financial crisis and not what they did, excuse me, but there was just such a big influx of people that were involved and so forth. So how did
2: you even start on that venture? Um, yeah, very good question. Um, my sister was not doing that good. And actually my sister was a very good friend of William Naranjo. You know, he's the, uh, you know, one of the biggest in the company right now. And um, she always told me, hey, uh, you know, you have to meet um, uh, Willie because he's always into self-development and doing those, all these seminars. And now he's driving a BMW. You know, he's making a lot of money. I'm like, okay, why don't you work with him? Mm-hmm. No, because I don't have a computer. You know, excuse me, I don't have a computer. I don't have a car. You know, excuses that we all create in our life. You know, the stories that we create in our, in our head. And I'm like, okay, don't worry. I'll take you. And then I went to pick her up and then meet uh, Willie. I met, I knew w- Willie before uh, the meeting. So we got together, we listened to the presentation, and I'm like, hmm, this sounds interesting. You know, free licensing. Uh, you know, I got to get my my Series 6 license. Great. You know, investment license, for those that don't know. Uh, it's one of the hardest and toughest licenses to get. And you know what like I said, only like 68,000 people have that license. Wow. Uh, I got it. Good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I love that. And then, but she's like, you know, she kept on with excuses and stuff like that. So I got back home and I told my wife about it. And she's like, mm. well, why don't we get, you know, the life insurance license and get into that? So they invited, he invited us to, the, to a meeting, to a weekly meeting. And then, you know, we fell in love. We both got licensed and we went all in. Wow, so zero sales to being pitched. And that's the thing too, that's one I think the
1: hallmarks of a good salesperson is actually really easy to close. Like I know myself, you put me in front of any salesperson, like I'm, I'm a layover, even though I know what the pitch and the script and all this is, it's just like, ah, I'm done, I love it. Um, so for you, you hopped into it, you did that with your spouse, but focusing on the sales side, when you're now in the real estate industry and you're doing virtual real estate transactions from another continent, right like your guys are in North Carolina or Tampa primarily on the eastern seaboard but what do you think are some of those core fundamentals that you learned in your journey on Primerica that you're carrying over into your sales career today as well as teaching your son good good
2: um, persistency consistency no quitting like uh, uh, no matter what happened or whatever, whatever you go into life you know you have to perform, right? You have to find that motivation within yourself. You know, what's going to wake you up in the morning? What's going to make you stay later at night? Uh, you know, back then, we, you know, there were kids. They, they were like probably two or three years old. My wife was working uh, full time. So, uh, you know, after she finished working, uh, you know, okay, let's go back to study to get license. You know, we put to bed. They didn't know anything because, you know, they were, you know, two three year old. <laughs> Uh, and um, yeah, basically it's that um, when, uh, uh, mindset, you know, that mindset that uh, sales teach you. You know, like how do you call it? Like a tough, uh, tough yeah, skin. have a tough skin, yeah. Man. tough skin and you know, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. So I tried to transfer all that information and that knowledge and skills to them since they were yeah. kids. I can tell it worked because last night we're driving in the car to the restaurant <laughs> 14,
1: I say that, I don't mean any disrespect because of your age, but it's just mind blowing. Like it's, it's mind blowing to me because of the opportunity that you have and what some of the success stories that you guys have. But he was talking to me about phone fear last night and it goes to what you were just saying about persistency and consistency. You know, we're in the only profession, I don't care what sales job you're in predominantly, you're always gonna be told no more than you'll ever be told yes. And it's the people who don't have the persistency that are the ones who fail. And obviously to be in any type of commission only job, like that was one of the things that I I give a lot of. It was painful at the time, but I haven't had a salary check in 21 years. I haven't had the moment that I got into sales, it was commission only sales. And that is some fight or flight type of environment where you have to have to have to kill or you don't eat. And it builds that resiliency, it builds that tough skin. And then to have him be like, yeah, so I'm really, really getting much better, if not completely overcome my phone fear, you know, being able to handle the rejection and what that means in other parts of his life. So for you, from your perspective, you know, been on this earth, been in sales for two years now, which is crazy, or a year and a half now, which is crazy to say. But what is phone fear? What's the difference between how you look at your phone fear in the beginning versus what you just did on that phone over there?
0: So wh- when you start, it's that thinking that oh, I'm gonna get cursed at, or somebody's gonna tell me to go screw myself, or it's that it's that fear that somebody's gonna tell you off. But with time, and my mom tells me this a lot, it's you're over the phone. <laughs> It's not like that person can see who you are, know who you are. Like, there's no there's no actual interaction to where you should care what the person tells you or what they're gonna scream at you or yell at you. Cause at the end of the day, it's just if they're interested or not. If they're not, you hang up, move on, and you get that yes. Or if not, all right, you move on until you find that yes. Cause it's that what my, what my dad said. It's persistency. You can't just let somebody go ahead. Tell you to screw off, and then you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't. Uh, my feelings are getting hurt because at the end of the day, it's not about your feelings. It's not about, oh, that hurt me. That, that. Oh, he told me to screw myself, mom. I want to quit. Um. Yeah. X Y Z. It's just, all right. He told you to go flip yourself off. I've heard of a thousand. You have to hear it a thousand times to be able to confidently say, I could care less if you tell me to screw myself off.
1: Yes, I love it. I got like goosebumps, like just hearing a 14, because that's the exact mindset that you wanna have too. And And I love hearing that from you because I know you're a professional because you speak and carry yourself as a professional. And I think one of the things that's really cool about the industry that you guys are in is when you get to those yeses, Those maybes turns to yeses, those yeses turns into closed deals, but if you have the conviction that we have, it's like, hey, we're helping somebody out of a very, very problem property. And so we always say we either buy ugly homes or ugly situations. Exactly. And so for me, one of the things that always helped me with resilience is, we were talking about Zig Ziglar last night, but one of his quotes that always stuck with me for life is, is that if you help enough people get what they want out of life, you can have everything that you want out of life. And I don't know if you do vision boards or if you've gotten into that yet, you start yeah, yeah, thinking ahead, but I'm sure you want a lot of things out of life. Oh yeah. And so I always just knew that for me to get all, uh, boy, I wanted a lot of things and I still do. <laughs> I just know that that amount of customers that I must help has to exceed what it is. Cause I got to give to get. And so knowing that allowed me to build a much thorough, a much better resiliency, just to get to the right person. Exactly. We fail to success. If you were a, a tight end quarterback, and let's say you're one out of 20 in whatever your sales profile, and you dropped 19 balls, they would not allow you to get on the field. But independent in the vertical, if you're one out of 20, coach loves you, pop loves you, he's like, boom, let's get back into the game. So knowing that you have that mindset right now is awesome. But are you in like a league of your own amongst your friends? You don't have any other friends that are in sales at 14 no, years no, old. No, 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 no. No. All right. Because who who does? Like right. who knows at Even
2: years though years? that I tell them, you know, why don't you talk to Sam or why don't you talk to you know and try to create like a team and you can actually transfer and do the same, transfer your knowledge, your skills, and stuff yeah. like that. So they, they can... Just,
0: they, they don't have that mentality that yeah, I'm I I want to go ahead and work. I wanna. Hmm? Um, they don't want to just go forward and exceed what they're expected to do. They just want to, all right, I'll go to college, I'll get my degree, I'll work my nine to five and continue my life as as society allows it to almost. Just, I'm trying to break out of that box and go into entrepreneurship at 14. Like, I don't, yeah, no. Just, no none of my friends are, are even close to that.
2: I want to add to something here, Scott. Um, you know, because besides, uh, you know, using the card a university, like an audio university, um, university, uh, I also used to take him and my daughter, my 12-year-old daughter, wow. uh, that she's now starting a bakery uh, business. Great. Uh, I used to take him door knocking when they were like four or five years old. There are actually some videos in YouTube, right, where you upload them to the <laughs> channel. Door knocking and start selling, you know, stuff. <laughs> Uh, from the school and stuff like that. door knocking, because I always taught them to no, no, be afraid to talk to strangers. Yeah, right. And they, 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 they taught us the uh, otherwise, right? Our, fr- our, our, our parents told stranger told me, danger. Yeah, stranger danger. Yeah. Okay. Stranger danger. Never talk to strangers. I did the, the completely opposite. That's great. So, yeah. Yeah. I see, guys, like you with your story, and
1: it's like it's such the beginning. And, and you know, for you, you're. You're living where you're at in the life, but we just are able to have a different vantage point. It's no better. We just have a different vantage point because we were 14 once, right? And seeing what, if I would have started, I started my professional sales career at 2021, technically 21, and I just didn't have the opportunity there. I just didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't know anything about sales to really get into it. But once I got into it, I knew that, hey, listen, instead of going for me personally, and I don't recommend this for anybody, I'm not trying to sway you, but it was either college or entrepreneurship and in our generation, cause we're about the same age, entrepreneurship was frowned upon. It wasn't the thing that wasn't the cool thing to do back in no, the day. he's it,
0: told it, me where entrepreneurship equals unemployed.
1: That's exactly right. right. That's yeah. He's told you correct. It's almost like in the United States today. when no offense to our listeners out there, they say, I got a marketing degree. That's one of those, ah, I just got a general degree and I didn't really know That's the same thing people used to look at. I'm being, hey, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. I'm gonna be my own man or woman as I grow up. So the fact that you've done this, you're at where you're at now, for you guys, you pivoted into real estate prior to moving to Columbia, right?
2: Yes. Okay,
1: and you were doing originally, so for those guys don't know, you were originally a fix and flipper, is that correct?
2: Uh, Yeah, it took me, you know, for those that are listening, it took me eight months to get my first deal. It was a wholesale deal because I got into a coaching program. And then after that, I started doing Primerica. You know, I got distracted, you know, shiny objects, you know, like we want to do everything at the same time. And then I stopped doing real estate. Uh, Again, like like after I did Primerica. Uh, And then I started doing flips. Yeah, I got involved. I've done probably like... 18, 20 flips.
1: So this is what I think a lot of people don't, who enter into your guys vertical, the real estate wholesaling space. I'm telling you many, 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 many successful people that I've met who are at different stages of their journey. It took them six months, nine months, a year, a year and a half to kind of get the systems and processes down. So I'm never surprised when I hear somebody who like I look up to and I value their friendship and I love hearing their stories, that it took them that amount of months because sometimes it does. A lot of times though, like if you knew what you knew now and you could go back into those eight months, you would have got it done in a number of weeks and not eight months. It's just, you got to kind of pay the education tax and go through the whole process and get your sales skills correct and right. But right now, what does your sales operation look like right now at the house or at your guy's office? What are you doing for the business? What is Pops doing for the business? And like, how's it going?
0: All right. So I'm... I'm basically the, the lead generator. What I'm doing now is, we're, right now we're mainly SMS. So what I'm doing is I'm blasting texts all day, right? And i um, just going through the qualification questions, trying to get that one, two, three people to say yes out of the 500, 600 people I'm texting in probably two hours. Just going through those 2,000, 3,000 people and during the day to get that five people to say, yeah, I'm interested in selling my house. It's, I'm going through that lead generation and I'm getting the properties, I'm sending the contracts, et cetera. And he's the one trying to dispose of the property, acquisition disposition.
1: Great. So you get somebody on text and you're going through, I would imagine 99% go screw yourself responses. Oh yeah. And you got to read them all because you never know. Right? So you gotta read them all. You're going through them, you're filtering them out, you're dispositioning them, you're doing all the things that you have to do. Then you, if you get an affirmative response in your guy's sales cycle, if you get an, if, yes, I'd like to sell, call me and tell me more. Is that initial phone call handled at that stage primarily by you or is it by dad when they just want to know more but it's still not ready for the close?
0: I'm I'm acquisitions. So
1: no. you're doing acquisitions I'm, on I'm that phone? I'm the side.
0: one picking up the phone, making the call.
1: Okay, cool. And then for you guys, and I know we talked about some potential changes in this from like underwriting and making offers, who's actually making the offer on the phone the majority of the times, dad? Okay, cool. So you're getting them. You're like hyper qualifying, setting the stage, trying to find out their why, their motivation, exactly. their timeline, building some rapport. Does anybody ever ask you why you sound so young?
0: I've gotten a lot of, um, how old are you? And I've gotten, I've been, I don't think you know how many times I've been called, I've been called ma'am. Uh. It's so yeah, yeah. It's annoying.
1: Yeah. What you
2: talking about?
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, actually,
2: yeah. at the beginning, you know, he was starting the conversation. Hi, this is Daniel. Exactly. Yep.
1: I, we do a lot of mirroring and sales. And so I have a sales background in timeshare sales. And we would have like really, really country folks come in there. And we were so trained at mirroring. But I get these people in there. And I start writing this accent. It, it, I'd, it happens to me. You too. just pick it up. You pick it up all the time. And then all of a sudden you drop it. And they're like. Wait, what happened? And then their head, they're like, what happened to that accent? So, okay, so cool. So sometimes you hit that age objection or at least question, but you're getting all that information. You're passing it over to your father, Carlos. So Carlos, for people who really don't know about wholesaling or what happens, what happens in that sales process? Once he says, hey pops, I talked to Barbara Smith. Barbara Smith is looking about this. She wants to do
2: this. What happens currently in your guys' sales process? Yeah, I mean, after, you know, he pre-qualifies. A lot of the times he pre-qualifies by texting. You know, but I some a lot of times I tell him to get him on the phone, right? Yes. Um. So it's you know, nothing better to you know TTP, you know, talk to talk to people. Amen. So uh, once the uh, the lead is being pushed to the CRM, then you know he notifies you know through 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 the chat um, the, through the communication channel that we use, and um, you know it goes to our CRM. So it, once it goes to our CRM, you know, the first thing that we do is evaluate the property. Uh, which I think I'm going to switch, you know, based on what you advised me to do. Uh, I'm, you know, now we're going to do, do it uh, in a different way. But basically evaluate the property to sure. see what the after repair value is. Uh, depending on the pre-qualification, we know how much the property needs and repairs. And then I call again. And then when when, when the, the lead is ready for me to call, then I call them get them, you know, get them on the phone. Uh, many times they don't pick up the phone so if you don't call twice you don't call amen you know like
1: and for those of you when he says you don't you call twice you never called it literally means call they don't answer call them right back call again exactly
2: sometimes we call you know three times yeah and then you know probably Cause you know, sometimes you remember you're calling elderly people and then it takes a little time for them just to get up and you know, pick yeah. up the phone. Also shows you're
1: serious. Like if my mom was calling me and I didn't answer, she would call right back. Exactly. And right. typically only somebody who's willing to risk that type of like energy transfer is, is going to call you back to back. Cause you know, you pick up the phone, you're going to scream on somebody unless it's somebody you actually want to talk to. So I love it. If you don't call them twice, you never called them once. Boom. So you finally get them on the phone. Typically what's happening from there.
2: Yeah, and uh, I tried to gather more information that he couldn't get by texting or in the call. Yes, you know, I of go, course. I tried to go deeper, yeah. right? Okay, to find the true motivation, why they want to sell, which is, you know, a big, big factor other than price. Because if you can overcome that, you know, price is not a, such a big uh, fact or issue or something like that, right? Motivation. Uh, of course, important, right? but I know, love it. Just because it's my favorite,
1: favorite. I don't know if you guys know who Kent Clothier is, but he's now a mentor of mine. <clears throat> we paid a significant amount of money to bring along to one of his mentorships. And I don't mean this in any negative way, but the number one thing that I got for a significant thousands and thousands of dollars was one sentence. It says, price is only an issue in the absence of value. Love it. And man, that just rocked my whole sales world. I said, boom, that's it, boom, done. Because what it does for me is the closers, it kills all excuses. If that, my price is an issue, I haven't built enough value. Right. And I, I can't waver if that's your North Star, so I love it. So you're building value, you're asking for their business, you're sending out contracts, and then once
2: you, go ahead. Well, yeah, um, after I gathered all that information, right, and then um, I present the offer. Great. right? As you know, the question, present the offer. And then once they accept that they, ac- they accept the offer, then is ready for him to create the contract. So he goes back to. Yeah,
1: that, we're Daniel. we're ju- we're juggling the lead. Yeah. So you're I mean, standing there right beside Pops. Hey, exactly. that's he talking to him on speakerphone?
0: No, he's, no. Talk- hey. he's talking to them, but he's he muting himself. Oh, I said this, 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 and that. Oh, One, okay. well, yeah, whatever. And then they said yes, and then he's like, "All right, I'll have a call. I'll have Daniel write up the contract. Give me five, ten minutes."
2: Ugh. What I have now, and then I explain to them, you know, what I have now is, you know, I'm gonna have, you know, Daniel, write on, you know, writing the contract and then, you know, you will get notified once you get it, do, 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 and then boom, DD, you got another one, <laughs> boom.
0: And then it's get up and sprint to the computer to friggin'. Freaking...
1: <sighs> yeah. What a beautiful thing. And I, somehow I just like was there in that room. I've had some cool things that, with my dad that have happened. But one thing I've never been able to do is close a deal alongside my dad. And what a story or a memory that would be for the rest of my life. So I could just, just imagine in there, as soon as they sign Doc, you sign the email, comes back in, it's fine. The high five between son and dad. Oh yeah. Huge, Oh, huge. And That's
0: great. The greatest feeling is that, that night that you close, that you close that deal. Uh-huh. You're like, we we did it. Like it's not I did it or you, we did it. Uh, Let's go. Let's go celebrate.
1: Dude. I love it. Cool. All right. So let me ask you guys this. You have a wholesaling operation. You have sales experience. You're going to be a sales monster. I feel like I should get you to sign somebody's book before you leave here today. Just like they have your signature. Um, By the way, I'll always be the first guy to ever have you on this podcast. So, you know, you can't take that away from me. Um, With that being said, though, uh, what did you guys feel when you came into our operation? Like. What, what what did it mean for you guys who had only seen a little bit of us on Instagram to come in and and kind of get our view, our vantage?
0: Have you ever seen like the inside of a bank, just like what happens behind the curtains?
1: Wow.
0: It's that. It's just that constant machine. Just the it's it's the wheel it's the wheel turning.
2: I love it. I like the bank reference. Too. Mind mind blowing. <laughs> it's it's a great. It, I mean it's. Completely different story when you see it, and like you said, in social media. When you actually walk into the office and see all these people, the energy, uh, it's, it, I mean,
0: yeah, bro, you, you, you can you can feel that energy inside of the office. It's I like, really
2: it, it, congratulate yeah. you for what you have done. Thank you,
0: have you thank you.
1: Thank amazing you. here. Yeah, I think energy is a big deal. It's not that it, it's our CFO. He made a comment the other day about, you know, the job that they have and how essentially easy it is. He said it without saying it. Well, these guys, they get paid, whatever. Okay, fine. Let's put you on the phones for a week. <laughs> I put him on the phones for a week on my campaign so that way he didn't dilute anybody else's results and not a single healthy conversation in a week. And he wanted to shoot himself. And his thing was, I'm a cop and I, I love my CFO. So when you see this, I apologize, Oscar. But <laughs> college-educated, you know, he's, he's the type of guy when you're an entrepreneur, you want working for you because he's got the fancier degree than I do, but I just need him to help execute on these things. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you can just picture him with his uh, little cut-off sleeve uh, sweater and his little tie and everything, and he's banging on the phones, and he wants to shoot himself. Because people don't realize the actual type of input it takes work to get the output on the financial side. And, and that's the reason why we keep that culture so live and so fresh because you need it. It's easy to get down. One of the things you said earlier about Prime that really stuck that I learned as a, long, a, long, a kid a long time ago from mentors just like you, is like you're always gonna have stuff going on outside and just being able to train people to leave their baggage at the front door. When people come in, this is our safe space, this is our safe zone, we want the energy high, we don't want yesterday's baggage into today. And so I'm glad that you guys were able to come in and see our system and our operations and play on the phones for a little bit. And it just means a lot to me to have guests like yourselves here because one thing for sure, I know it did, just so like you blew my mind with the four, being 14 years old, it's a paradigm shift because now you've seen something you've never seen before. And now the possibilities because like, hey, listen, you might only want two agents. Well, Scott can have 180 agents here in Columbia. I'm dang gone. Sure. No, I can get two or three under my belt. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Love it. Now if we're going to start winding out. I want to focus on you for a second. Cool. Deals. Advice for kids. <laughs> How do you even do that? Because it's, it's like talking to this brick wall. Yeah. But what advice would you give for any 14 year old, 12 year old, 13 year old, 15 year old, 15 year old 16 year old, 19 year old teenager who is watching this video right now because like, I want to do something to change my future. I would consider going into sales. Like what kind of advice are you giving kids your age?
0: Um, you can't let that, what I was speaking about earlier society, like, because everybody has a friend group at our age, right? Right. You, you're always gonna have friends. You're always gonna have people messing with. You're always gonna have people telling you, telling you this, telling you that. You can't let that get in the way of what you actually want to do. Because people are gonna tell you, no. Why don't instead of doing this, why don't you come? Why don't you come out to the mall with us? Or let's go to um, XYZ's birthday party or wh- yeah. whatever it may be. You can't let what other people want you to do determine what you're gonna do. Cause at the end of the day, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be with those people for the rest of your life. Those people, you're not gonna, you can't let those people be your life. Cause then you're gonna look, you're, as my dad told me, I can't say that I have experience from it, but you're gonna look forward in the future and be like, why didn't I just tell him to piss off and do what I actually wanted to do?
1: I, uh, this is one of my favorite things ever, just hearing these words from you because myself and your father, we think a lot alike. And you think a lot of like, like us as well, too. It's, it's all that uh, association. But that's exactly what you said. It's truth that you will become the average of your five closest friends. Mm-hmm. And so when I was young and getting into sales, I realized I don't have five friends that I want to be anything like. Like I just wasn't surrounded by I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. Everybody, and I say this with love because they're my friends, but everybody ended up doing roofing or plumbing or some type of manual labor and it was just that was the natural progression and so what i did is i found my five closest friends in books and so that's when i started i was like okay so yes zig ziglar is going to be it or tom hopkins or tony robbins and all these guys during that genre and so i found them in that so to hear you say that like hey at 14 i already know that separation is advancement to a degree and making sure i'm not letting anybody bring me down that that's that means a lot you have a great mindset for 14 years old for any years old forget it there's 50 year old people that are watching this that are like, man, I wish I had developed that even today. So kudos to you on that. Now give some sales advice. Like, do you think that somebody, a kid, should go into sales? Like, do you think that, what do you think?
0: It's it's not for everyone. And you, you need to have tough skin. And that's something that my dad really taught me from when I was young. Cause I remember going door knocking and I remember getting doors slammed in my face. And I remember, And I remember my first five, 10, 15 phone calls. It was like, geez, like how, how do you do this? Yes. How do you get on the phone with somebody and legitimately tell them, I want to buy your house? Right. And just getting laughed at or getting cursed at. And me as a 13 year old, I was like, damn, like for real? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, like
0: at the beginning it was like, yeah you're hurting my feelings. Yeah, of course. But it's that, I mean, it's, it's not for everybody and you need to have tough skin for it. And, I mean, if you're going to get into it, advice, read. Read, and you, you, can't, you can't expect to figure everything out on your own. You need to ask for help. Because I, I, I struggled with that till this day. It's asking for help and asking somebody, here's what I need to do. How? Hmm. Yes. Because I, I feel like, all right, I mean, if, if I've come this far, why, why can't I just continue on my own? Whatever. Yeah, I can do it. No, you, you, you can't.
1: I love
0: it. You need somebody on your back telling you, you should be doing this instead of that.
1: I was thinking about when you said that, that somebody threw slam doors in your face, 10 doors in your face. I was like, man, you know, there's some parents out there who would call child protective services on your daddy, that he's taking this little kid and people are being so mean and rude to him. And that person will never develop because they've been protected from anything that could be abrasive towards them. But that abrasion is what causes growth, and it allows exactly. you to have that resilience.
0: Yeah, you have to you have to go
1: through adversity. I love it for you in books, and I don't want to ask you another question for your age. But are you more digital books or paper books?
0: Um, I've read both. When it comes to something like like important to me, like something that I that I want to learn for me, and I want to take. For the rest of my life, yeah, I'm usually doing physical books.
1: I'm gonna give you a piece of advice that I did for myself and it's been tremendous for my life. Every time I start a new paper book, on the very first page before I start reading it, there's always kind of like a blank page in the beginning. I just write that day's date, and I just write a journal to myself where I'm at in my life. Like, hey, I'm reading this book here from Medellin. I've been living here with my pops for six months. We just started real estate. I just closed this deal, this, 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 this. And then every highlight that I do is in orange or purple and never yellow. Because you'll discover in about seven to 10 years, the yellow finally fades away, but the other colors will never fade away. And you'll have that book for the rest of your life. And obviously you're not thinking about family or kids in the future, but one day those books will mean so much to somebody else in your family. Yeah, of even course. if it's just for them to go back and see, oh, this is what Pops was doing when he was 14, and this is what he was doing. And then for yourself, you'll always in those books along this probably write little goals and notes, and you go back to it and you'll be like, oh, this is what I was thinking in 2012 and 2017. So
0: yeah, I love that you, you're a reader. Usually what I'm doing is I'm, fin- I'm finishing a book and then i'm marking it with a date and then usually i'm writing something great because um i started i started reading and it was because my dad told me all right read xyz book um it's uh 300 pages here's here's 10 bucks read the book i have a
1: bunch of books in here i'm gonna give you one of my books uh before you go i want you to choose whichever one of these sales books that you want there's some really uh legit ones in here um i'm so excited about you yeah something that Everybody who's watching this probably struggles with, but you're at that age where you're being mentally manipulated. Uh, Pops, do you allow him on social media? Yeah. Okay. How are you managing yourself to not get distracted on social media when there's money to be made?
0: So what I'm doing is, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna say that I don't log into social media every now and then, but i'm not taking it to a point where i'm scrolling there for hours because i mean i personally find social media to be and no no offense to anybody who's a social media marketing guru or whatever but i I find it kind of um bs that people can sit there for hours and hours looking at other people's lives and be like oh i want that but they don't go out and actually get it so i don't i rather just not look at somebody else doing something and be like, oh, I want that, and then not do it. i rather look at somebody, take a screenshot, and be like, oh, I want this, time to I love it. love it. I <laughs> love it. Exactly, and then going from there. I want this, time to work.
1: Yeah. Vision boards are real things. Oh, yeah. Real, real, oh, yeah. real things. It, it's, it's been crazy some of the things that I've written down and then putting the vision board away and came back and then made an offer on a house that was that exact house. Like, just mind-blowing stuff that's happened in my life. And it just, it's a connection to the universe. And as you grow and build, you'll find different pockets of stuff to study. Um, I always like to cover a sales tip or a sales strategy. And so either one of you guys or both of you guys but I think something that, that people lack in this industry, your guys' industry a lot, is like secondary questions. Mm-hmm. And what do I mean by that? Is they're just, they're having these high level, very high level, hey, are you interested in selling? Sure, yeah, I wanna move to Florida. And that's their reason. For you guys and either one of you, can you guys comment on maybe some of your strategies or thoughts or how you guys are making sure you're asking second and third level questions beyond just the, the top thing that the customer tells you?
2: Very good question. Um, when I do the call, like the last second call or the first call, you know, to really qualify the lead, um, I always tell Daniel you know, to, to, to validate, validate what they said last and then ask a the question about it, right? And then that's how we get to the second, the third, or fourth, uh, real true about why they're Oh, okay, yeah, when I want to Florida. Oh, okay, good, I understand. And can you please tell me why is it that you yes, want to move yes. to Florida? Is there, you know, my, my, my uh, daughter lives there, and they, oh, okay, good, good, great. So I guess you want to be close to your family, right? Yeah. To your, to your grandkids and stuff uh, Yeah, oh, okay. And why is that important to you? I mean, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you retiring right now?
0: And, oh, okay, good.
2: Did you happen to have any other properties in in in, in uh, whatever in Arizona where you're living right now, in California? Where, okay, good. Oh, okay. And then you know, try to get that validate what they said last, and then ask a question.
1: About we did just did a training on this, and I'm impressed that you said that. I love it because you said validate and then inquire. And so for us, part of our validation is repeating it back to them. Mm -hmm. So they're like, hey, I want to move closer to Florida. Like, okay, so great, you want to move to Florida. And then this, so what's kind of bringing you down to the sunshine state or whatever it may be, but we're really big on taking the last three words that they said, particularly as we're posing ourselves for a question and then repeating it back to them like, yeah, I, I, I just don't think that the housing market is going to crash. Right, so you don't think the housing market is going to crash, but how do you think it's going to affect you in the long term if it does or whatever? Because we always want to, we want to give them comfort that we're listening to them and we're repeating what they last said. We're replacing those three words with a similar tonality. And that allows us just to pick up what they're saying and dive in a little bit deeper. I think another thing that you can do for secondary questions or people can do sales agents is how's that going to make you feel? You know, what would that mean to you? Those emotional questions are so much more important to get down to the real reason than just the the how's and the what's, it's the the why's and the yeah. the feelings.
0: Yeah, one thing that I try to do when, for example, on the phone, and they tell me, okay, I'm looking to move to Florida. What I do is I take, okay, so you're looking to move to Florida. And I just pause, take a long pause. And then usually they'll be like, yeah, I'm looking to move to Florida cause X, Y, Z. And then eh, slow, they, they slowly start talking yep. themselves out.
1: I love it, we call it the power pause. Mm -hmm. Uh, Silence is a great tool when speaking on the phone. Oh yeah. And it just sounds weird that that's the sentence, but silence is a great tool when speaking on the phone. It just causes that little bit of uncomfortability and then they talk and it all comes out. Yeah, of
0: course, because you're having such a back and forth conversation. You say something in their head, they're like, why is there silence? We're having back and forth, let me just say something.
1: Or you repeat the question back with a question, Florida? Like you literally, like you want to move to Florida? And then all of a sudden, boom, there's nothing they can do other than spill their guts about why it is that they wanted to move to Florida. Perfect. All right. oh. Deals. My favorite part, crazy sales story. <laughs> do you have a crazy sales story? Either one of you guys, but I-, I Oh yeah. You kind of had that smirk already. What's the craziest thing at 14 years old and a year and a half of being in professional sales? What's the craziest sales story you have? All right,
0: so this actually happens to be the biggest deal we've done. It's, so we're we're on top of this lady, right? We're just texting her and texting her. She doesn't answer. We're trying to call her, call her, call her, text, text, text. And one day she's like, who is this? And we're like, we got an answer. So and then we're going at it, right? And then we get to a point where we figure out that she wants it for like a really cheap price, and we're like, no shot. She
1: wants she wants to sell it for a really yeah yeah okay gotcha.
0: She wants to sell it for a really cheap price, and we're like, no shot. She she has to be messing with us. So we ask her, do you have a quick do you have a quick minute for a phone call? No reply. I, we ask her again, do you have a quick minute for a phone call? She's like, no, I'm sorry, um, I can only text right now. Okay, so we continue texting, and then we're slowly chipping away. And we get to a point where we try calling. We call her like five times before we're just like, she's not gonna have to phone. So we send her an offer via text. She accepts it. Wow. Well, under, no. under what she's asking, which is already really cheap.
1: So. Where? all via text. You still well, haven't all talked to her?
0: The, and then. Text. And they,
2: they, they were telling me about it. And I'm like, you know, let me see, let me, you know, get to the office and see. You know a scam camera yeah
1: scam yeah. somebody in another country no, but
0: here's here's the funny thing that we weren't even in like we were traveling at that time like we we were somewhere else like we were family while i'm there texting her like on the phone i'm like i'm like dad pass me the phone so and then we're there we're texting and then she's like yeah i'll accept the offer and i screamed so i like dad let's get to the hotel now we have to whiff on the laptop and then he's and he's like what do you mean and then literally we we, um, on the spot, we were like, okay, let's go to the, um... No. no, no, um... What's this place called? The... Like, like, no, it's, it's like a science museum, right? We went to a planetarium. Uh, yeah. And while they were doing, like, this activity for kids and stuff, my dad sits there, asks the person, hey, do you mind if I borrow a laptop real quick? You'd have to do something for work. Yeah. And he writes the contract then and there. So on their computer. On, on their, their computer.
2: computer. I logged into my, you know, CRM account, blah blah blah, and you know, I started, you know, writing the contract while they were listening to the. Uh,
0: they got the planetarium explaining whatever. The hell. Yeah. And then, so we're like halfway through the. Um, this is the crazy part. We're halfway through the negotiation, right? Like, we're like she had already signed, and we're we're close to closing. But you know that all parties at the closing table need to sign. And there were two parties and one of them just wasn't around. The current owner had, like, they they were both on title, but the one that we were dealing with, she didn't have the other person's contact information, email, nothing. So we asked them, do you you have their name? Yeah, they sent us a name. So I kid you not, my dad and I, we hop on, we, google.com, we just type in the name and we're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and then we find a Facebook page. We're like, okay, this is our shop. So mm-hmm. we only sent them a DM. They answer. How quick did they answer? Dude, it took them a while. It took like eight, a eight, day or two. Days. Okay. Uh-huh. So, and then we're there back and forth and we asked for their email. Cause you yeah. we explained to them, you know, we're on their contract with, with your ex business partner. I ex- knew
2: related to her and you know, Yeah. I mean, do you own this property and you know, one to three main street? you know, I said, yeah, yeah. I was like,
0: great, awesome. Mm-hmm. We're like, can, can we get your email? You know, cause we're so close to closing on the property. Can, can we get your email? Yeah, here's my email, here's my phone number. So we got it, right? But and then here's the even crazier part. So we're about to close and the owner's assuming that the property's vacant, right? It's her property, she said that it's vacant. Turns out there was this, um, the managing company that she had had closed for sketchy activity and they were still collecting rent from the tenants without the either the property owners knowing. Yeah. Oh wow! Yup. So she
2: thought she thought that the her property was uh, um, vacant, and then the property manager that she had uh, was collecting you know rent the property was collecting rent, and she didn't know anything about it for about two years. So the property was very well maintained. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, very was nice, very well maintained. We got in contact with that uh, with the person. The person was an agent actually, and. Uh, yeah, we, you know, finally, um, we were, were able to negotiate with the tenant, you know, got a little cash for keys and stuff like that, and then, you know, they moved out, uh,
0: and... Yeah, they moved out, so nothing, we're there, and we're trying to find a, a buyer for the property. We're, we're already at end of the negotiation, and we're, we're about to close the property. So we're there negotiating the property and you find the buyer. I found the buyer. Yeah. So because my positions. dad was going out trying to look for an office, stuff like that. Right. So he was going out and while he was leaving, I texted him, Hey, do you mind if I hop out to Disco for a second? Sure. So I find a buyer. Right. And then he's like, okay, I'll give you, um, this is probably like $54,000 profit XYZ. Right. Right. But to us it's $54,000 profit. And then I, you know, just, you know to make a little bit of extra cash caveats on hey, you know, we have an offer very similar to yours. you think we can move, you think you can go? Yeah, we move? have we had a multiple offer situation. Uh uh-huh. Do you think you can go? He was negotiating oh. one yeah, awesome. on his own
2: for like with uh, like two he or he three no to like <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know anything about it because you know, I was you know busy doing everything else, you know, and behind the scenes and.
0: Yeah, nice. so I'm negotiating with him. And I'm like, "Hey, we have an offer very similar to yours. You think you can go even two thousand five hundred dollars up?" And he's like, "Sure, I'll do it." And then I send him the docs, and I'm like, "Oh, he's assigned sign." Yeah, I'm like, "Daddy, decide sign." And he's like, "What do you need to sign for? For how much?" I'm like, thousand. um fifty six thousand He's like, "What do you need fifty-six? 56? Wasn't it fifty four I told him, "Yeah, but you know, I, I need, I need, I need a <laughs> laptop. Yeah, I need a laptop." <laughs> I need that's a new laptop, great. so I go and um, I tell them "Just you know, just give me the extra $2,000, but when I negotiated an yeah, extra, yeah. it, it's yeah, mine, it's, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, at the end of the day, we made that much profit and that's our biggest deal today. That's
1: great. What a story. And for all you guys and gals in the real estate industry out there, if you guys are having problems with acquisitions and dispositions, your team, you show them this video where a 14-year-old sales professional is acquiring and dispoing $56,000 deals at 14 years old. It,
2: what a thing, what a journey. Yeah. What a crazy story. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I can tell you this.
1: The more I'm very grateful and thankful that both of you guys came in here today. I'm very appreciative of you coming in here. Dad, you've done an amazing job. Thank you. The journey's still ahead, though. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You guys, you will always be your own man. That's for yeah. sure but there's been some foundation that's been laid because of his hard work and allow him to continue to lay that foundation alongside of you. You ain't gotta be your boss, you just need to be your guidance, your guider over the next four or so years. And uh, I can tell you, he thanks the world of you. I thank the world of you and I just met you. But if you guys can be at this transformational part of your business, because I see you guys, you're at this place like we're stabilizing and looking to scaling, you guys can do very or well. You will continue to do very well in this industry. And I'm excited to see the next time you get a deal front to back, just like that, just let me know. We'll fly you in. We'll have you come to the podcast. I'd love to hear you tell more about your stories with us. Um, but I'm just very, very thankful to have you guys here. 14 years old, closing $50,000 deals via text and then upselling the buyer just an extra 2500 because the man needs a laptop and he didn't want to share that part with his daddy. So guys, give me your contact. If people want to reach out to you, there's some father, son, some father duos out there. If they wanted to reach out to you to get some advice on maybe how they can help grow alongside of their son as a partnership. And that's one thing I'll say real quick. My relation, my observation, I don't know, I just met you guys. I'm very impressed with you guys. This is very much a partnership. Yeah, I see you guys very complimentary. This isn't one over the other, or I'm the tech kid, I do it. No, you guys are a great, great compliment to each other. So if somebody wants to reach out to you, Carlos Balzan, how do they find you on social media? If they have any questions for you guys?
2: Yeah, um, I'm more active in um, Facebook. Okay, great. So, yeah, my, my social media is open. So Carlos A. Balsan uh i'm also on instagram it's uh carlos the same the same thing great or you know should
1: i give my phone number or (laughs) reach out to him if he wants to give you his phone number he'll do it somebody's gonna put you on buyer's list (laughs) Uh, so guys if you enjoyed this story of the 14 year old sales professional is really growing in this industry if you enjoy this story let's do him a favor let's share this let's tag friends let's tag kids that need to see this let's tag uh if you're a kid and you want to do this with your father if you're a father and you want to do this with your kid let's get this young man some exposure for being the uh, the, the really the sales titan that you will be, right? Like you got all the ingredients, you have the great mindset, you're in a beautiful industry. S- being a professional salesperson turned into being a professional entrepreneur and I can tell you that's the journey that you're on. I'm very excited for you. I'm very thankful for having you guys on the podcast.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having, you're me very welcome. On. You for having us
1: Until next time. Alright. Cool.
0: Leads oh. to Deals.